You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Scoped Out, Shooting Optics and Accessories. And now, over to your hosts. Well, hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. This is episode number 92, Greg. 92. It's pretty good. Nearly got to the ton. Almost there, mate. Almost. Not out yet. Eight episodes away from pay rise. (laughs) Spot on, mate. And triple, triple pay. Triple pay as well. At a zero, you reckon? Yeah, yeah, a hundred times if you want. (laughs) Whatever you like. (laughs) And choose your own pay rise as a factor of zero. Damn it. Gentlemen, how are we? Greg and Andrew, usual sort of uh, suspects. Good, good. Floating around, yep. We're here. I can tell that. That's good. Excellent. How's your uh, couple of, well, few weeks, month been? It's been a while. Yeah, it has, but it's gone quick. Yep. Sort of, just haven't really done a lot of shooting, but a little, but not a lot of fishing. Precision fishing. Yeah. Precision fishing. <laughs> yeah. Precision lure throwing. Yeah. Not really, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good. Uh, no, pretty good. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I did a bit of fishing with Andrew, but also chased a few foxes. Um, yeah, sweet. Yeah, lambing season's happening at the moment, so farmers think us shooters are pretty good value at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's plenty of foxes running around. Pretty easy easy shooting at the moment. Happy days. I'm trying to remember when the, the last one was. That was after the last PRS, wasn't it? It was. It's all a blur at the moment. We've got another PRS in a week. <laughs> Busy boy. <sighs> yeah, and then I was, you know, we missed the last episode because I broke my knee. That was why it was. It wasn't because I was sick, was it? I was then sick afterwards and couldn't talk, so that wouldn't have been it. Well, actually, it probably would have been the best podcast ever if I couldn't talk. Well, you did use the excuse that you were in pain. Oh, no, and delusional, perhaps. <laughs> That's most nights. <laughs> more than normal. More, more, oh, more than normal. Yeah, okay. All right, good. we got stuff coming up. Uh, there's lots of things happening in the precision rifle world, which is pretty exciting. Uh, as I mentioned, the Ignition Custom Winter Classic is coming up in a week's time. Uh, yeah, starting on the 15th of June over in Buchan in Victoria, which is perhaps not going to be as cold as we thought it was going to be. No, well, yeah, yeah the Weather Bureau is never wrong, of course. Um, <laughs> Absolutely 100% right. <laughs> yeah, there's always that. Spot on. I'm thinking Sub-Zero. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was hoping for. I mean, that's sort of the intent of it, but, you know. True gold, cold ball. True, true cold ball. Every <laughs> shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that'll work. Also, the Precision Service Rifle match over Victoria is on the 24th of June, which is a weekend after at Castlemaine, or as some of them over there say Castlemaine, <sighs> but they're wrong. Bloody Victorians. Uh, shot Expo is on that same weekend, actually. Uh, Greg will yep. be over there for that. Yep. Uh, there is an Impact Dynamics meetup in Parramatta on the Friday night, the 22nd. So if you're in Sydney or close to, um, get there and drink some beer with us. It could be dangerous. Will be dangerous, not could be, will be. Will be, guaranteed. And what else we got? Oh, there's so many. This is great. There's so many events in in Australia that are related to practical and precision rifle shooting, mm-hmm. which is really good to see. And these are the only one. These are just the ones we know about. Uh, the practical, oh, I'm going to get these right. No, names right. Practical Rimfire Challenge at Tail and Bend in SA is on the 7th of July, uh, which I'm not sure if we nailed the right date for that. But what we definitely did get the wrong date for last time, I said it was on the 30th of June or that weekend, and I was completely wrong is the Rimfire Carnival in Mildura, which is actually on the 28th and 29th of July. So apologies to Greg Hamilton for getting that date wrong. Did you get reprimanded? Very politely. He was very <laughs> good about it. And, uh, yeah, I was only sore for a couple of days rather than a few weeks. So uh, he uh, he was very, very kind about it. Uh, so <laughs> we, we're just making that slight adjustment to my massive error. It's only a month. It's only a month out. It gives you more time to prepare. It's it's just guys, we're going to be ready. That's all. Nothing wrong with that. So that's all. That's all I've got dates for. If you guys are running matches in Australia, I mean, we don't take half an hour on the matches. It would be a nice position if we were, but we just direct you to a website or something like that for that. There's a suggestion here from a Patreon supporter. So, Greg, can you read tonight? Oh, sort of. Sort of? You probably have the right accent for this. Do you want to try and pull this one up? This is a suggestion for a segment in the show. 
okay. that someone has come up with. So here, here we go. Great show, guys. I was thinking of one great way for an even greater benefit to the community would be to add some good old slang to the conversation. Maybe a word of the day. Eventually, we could start building a complete usable library to confuse the guys at the range. For example, g'day, mate. G'day, cobber. What gives? I'm about ready to hop in the ute and hit up the ripper milk bar and grab an icy pole and some fairy floss. Say you are shooting say you are shooting the match next month. Nah, I haven't shot that match in donkey's years. Ever since that narky RO was spewing spewing around like a bodgy ankle biter at stage seven, I knew it was my last match. I heard a Murphy a try again. I heard a Furphy. What's an M and an F? <laughs> I, I correct my six-year-old like that. So. <laughs> I heard a furphy about that tosser. He's a he's quite the doodle. We got to run. The old handbrake is calling, and she's she has me flat out like a lizard drinking around the house. Cheers, mate. Uru. So to our American, American listeners, that probably sounds like one of our reviews. Yeah, <laughs> It's been translated. <laughs> I think that he just wanted to write a message with the whole stack of slang in there. Yeah, yeah. And what I don't know, I don't know if he is an American guy who is uh, having a crack at some Aussie slang, in which case he's done quite well, or if he's mm. an Aussie having a bit of a laugh, which uh, either way I'm quite okay with. It's probably probably just not the most realistic slang. I think if you took a, a recording device to, to sort of my workplace, it'd be a lot more expletives. Than I was going yeah, yeah, to say, yeah. there, there would be, there would be probably L- really lots of adjectives. Of yeah, yeah. yeah. I've mean, never heard the one here is quite the doodle. It, quite, yeah, no, I can't say I've heard that one myself. I, I can think of is other descriptive f- phrases. I've, I've heard similar, but <laughs> not. <laughs> he's quite the bo- the doodle and. I've never had fairy floss while shooting, to be fair. Anyway, so thank you for that suggestion. I, I don't know it whether... It was a ripper suggestion. <laughs> it was a ripper. She was Short notice. It would have been... Uh, yeah, no, you, you read that like a pro there, Greg. Oh, Link. yeah, I struggled, actually. Stay tuned for audio books by Greg. That's <laughs> his next empire. <laughs> Children's books. <laughs> nice and slow. With Murphy the Furphy. Uh yeah, so, move on, Sam. You tosser. <laughs> You're quite the doodle, Greg. Quite the doodle, mate. There also was some feedback about the tripod episode, which is probably most relevant to you, Andrew. Do you want to have a crack at some of the, the suggestions that we've made? Listening to episode 86, you might want to look into the fee-sole, fire-sole. This is why you're reading it. Okay, Greg, to translate. Uh, tripods. <laughs> Uh, they are twist lock with non-rotating legs that lock fast and secure. I have the 33-42 and love it. Very light for hunting at less than 2.5 pounds uh, and I have a really right stuff, a levelling base on top. Very easy to shoot off out to 600 yards so far. The 3372 is much sturdier but more bulky and a bit heavier so not so practical for backpacking or hunting. You might also want to look into the new shooting ball head from really right stuff, the Anvil 30. So I'm um, probably will actually do that because I I mean I still haven't purchased the uh, the setup I'm I want to use so I'm certainly open to suggestions. I have found some message that went to spam about another book. I shall look into that. That only came through two years ago. Whoops. Do they need an audio book for it? Because I know a ripper doodle will be ready to bring it for him. <laughs> Mate, I've got it. <laughs> I'm not sure they'd be able to afford your services. Un- unabridged. Unabridged. Uncensored. <laughs> Unlistenable as well. Oh. No, that's the, my version. I'm hurt. <laughs> I can tell. Just before we go on, can you yep. get Greg to read the next bit? I can. I can. So, uh, if you want me to read stuff, tell me to bring my glasses. No, we'll bring your glasses it next makes time. It better. You <laughs> don't even need to run it's it quite through amu- the Everyone on Patreon is quite amused by your looks uh, that you're giving, <laughs> if they can see you well enough. Anyway, this is uh, another review. Thank you to those guys who have been giving us some go- uh, some 
iTunes reviews. We have been having a few tick through each each episode, which is really good. Oh, Greg's on strike. Greg's refusing to read it now. Oh, I'll go read. <laughs> this is one. So this is a review that came in from a listener in Canada. Thank you very much for it. And we translated it from English to, well, from Canadian, I guess, to Arabic, Somali, and then Uzbek. And this is what we ended up with. Greg. Like Canadian, it is interesting to hear Australian photographs have fun with good girls. Yes, sir. It's motivational. <laughs> Like my army days. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's um, that's certainly what it says. Like that, Google Translate, so much fun. <laughs> All right, so it's actually a very good review. It Thank was you. Really, it the was original really, ones. Actually. The original ones, great. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so I've got the. Uh, I don't know if you remember, gentlemen. We spoke about the impact books. Uh, there you go, Patreon. Supporters, have a look at that. We've got the Impact Books from Rodney Mays, who has uh, written these together. We've got two copies of these that we want to give away. So we're going to do a new competition for these. And you guys don't know this, but anyway, you're about to find out. The way to enter this competition is to record yourself saying the word doodle. No, uh, Impact. And so... Andrew was looking nervous there. <laughs> You're the one that has to uh, listen to all the recordings of Doodle. <laughs> yeah. Better than watching them, I guess. I want to make some comment about filling years with Doodles, but I'd prefer not to. <laughs> I'm not going there. That's a hunting HQ comment. <laughs> the way you can enter to win one of these books is by giving us your best recording of calling out impact as if you are at a PRS and someone just hit a target and you were watching. So, gentlemen, we're, we're all going to make an entry now. So, uh, Greg, let's start with you, mate. Your best call of impact. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't have to be good. Impact, I got mine done. <laughs> he butted in. He, he did. He did. He'll have to do his Disqualified. Later. Impact, I got mine in again. <laughs> impact. There we go. Well done. Andrew? No, I'm going to forget back on that one. No, go on, have a crack. Just, no. just say impact loud. Impact loud. <laughs> I'm not a performing seal, Sam. Yeah, fair enough. All right. All right. Here we go. Thank you to Rich from Short Action Precision for inspiring this. Impact! Not original. It's not good it's with not headphones. Ins- on. I said inspiring it, not... Not original. Not, not copying exactly. All right, I'll try again then. The pressure in this room is so intense. Impact! Is that better? Happy now? All right. I'm happy. So... <laughs> Better than, better, than, better than yours. <laughs> better than both of yours put together. So, guys, uh, that's what we want to hear from you. Grab your phone, hit record, and send us that file through Facebook or email or anything along those lines. Uh, we'll be at the PRS in Bucken uh, and be getting recording. If you're at Shot Expo in Sydney, come up to the uh, projector warehouse or scoped out booth where I'll be or the STS booth where Greg will be. Actually, if you go to the STS booth, just yell impact at them. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be it funny. Won't, it won't count, but yeah, yeah. it'll be amusing. Yep. Uh, you feel it? See the little short bloke? Um, just walk up to him and yell impact yeah. as loud as you can. Really close. Really yeah, close yeah. to Call his him face. Really close to you. Yeah, that's it. And then let it rip. Come here, you doodle. I want to yell. And Sam and I'll laugh in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, come around to the projector warehouse and scoped out booth, and I'll have the recorder with me. Hopefully. And we'll get some recordings. So if you want to enter, you can do that. We'll do it on your phone and just yell impact as, as you would, as silly as you would, as loud as you want. And whoever does the most amusing impact call will win a book. I've got two books to give away. So anyway, that should embarrass a few people. I've already got one of those books, you see, so I didn't have to impress you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't mean you haven't disappointed me. I disappoint on a regular basis. <laughs> you only have to please one person, Andrew. And I please myself all the time. All the time. <laughs> Never fail. All right. So we did get some questions as well uh, have come through. I can read one of these. Uh, first one here is, I have a question, uh, not too silly, he's curious, what does one do with an old shot out barrel? 
I assume there's some legal requirement, but I'd like to hear what you've done in the past. Paperweights, experimental load test mule, or conversational art piece? Gentlemen, have you got barrels lying around? I, yeah. I do. I've actually done nothing with mine and had the same questions. So yeah. I'm fairly sure there isn't a legal requirement. I don't not, believe. Not where yeah. we are. Yeah, possibly other locations. Yeah, but anywhere here. they're registered, there may be. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm fairly sure. What I well, now that I say fairly sure, I'd yeah. have to check. I'm not sure at all. Um, no, I'm <laughs> fairly sure they're not an issue here. They're not not an issue here, um, as far as I'm aware. No, that's in South Australia. Just a chunk of metal. Yeah. Mm. Obviously, they're controlled on importation. So even if you mm. had an old barrel and you wanted to import it into Australia, you'd struggle. Well, no, you wouldn't struggle. You just need the right. You just have to go through the process. Mm. Yeah. As with everything here. Yep. So. Uh, but what do you do with them? Um, I haven't thought of anything novel or anything. Like if it's really shot out, you could probably replace a teaker barrel like, <laughs> and shoot it and make it fit better, I guess. <laughs> oh, I, you was, could, I was going to say, normally that's a dig at Remington, but you know. Do we go I'd down the line? Up a bit. <laughs> is he saying <laughs> disregard or is he saying like chop the bottom two inches off and have another crack? I don't know because, I mean, again, it does. there are uses for barrels that are not, Mm. You know, that great. I mean, I know guys that have had, say, wildcats that need to be, you know, severely fire-formed if they're changing the shape dramatically and it might be a big case. You don't really want to burn out usable barrel life. So if you've got a whatever caliber barrel, mm. um, you can stick a reamer in that. It's a good screw idea. Screw it onto your gun, fire all your brass. Just throw and your you chamber phone, the yeah. same Chamber your good barrel with the same reamer. Yeah. If somebody who, you know, knows what they're doing with the, with the reamer has done it mm. right, then your brass is all good to go. So mm, that's a good idea. I have heard of guys doing that, but mm. yep. Other than that, I mean, this is conversational art piece. I'm not really sure. We're well, not a fan of conversations, so that wouldn't work. Mm. I had thought of using it as a, like a toilet roll holder, <laughs> like you know, different. to stack all your spare rolls up. Yeah, on, yeah, that's a good thought. Well, there you go. I'm painting the idea. Don't copy it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to beat. You have to beat Greg on that one. He's, he's already. He's already registered the domain. Barrel of rolls. Yeah, I don't know what you could use them for, to be honest. I have still got my old barrels, so I haven't yeah. I haven't found an answer. Not that I've been looking for an answer to the question; they're just no. sitting there. But obviously, the you know, if you if you wear them wear them out often, yeah, as as Andrew has mentioned, you cut down a couple of inches and you should be able to have another crack at it if yeah. you choose to. Well, it depends on the shape of the barrel too, like the profile. Have you got a most uh, around? Oh, really. <laughs> Except Remington. He's an observant fellow. I said most, ones. not all. Most. No, but I mean, like a lot of guys, uh, like venture shooters, will have you know a long reinforced section on the barrel, like mm. straight, non-tapered section, so yep. they can lop a couple inches off, and they're back into you know effectively fresh rifling. Yep. So. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I haven't haven't sold you. Yeah, sorry, no inspiration there. No, yeah. but if you, I mean, you could recycle you them, them, I guess, and go get some money for them. Yeah, you get sacks. Yeah, well, if you got forty barrels, you would. Mm. You'll get something. Not a lot. No, right. good, great. Uh, next one is from Logan. Hello, guys. I love your podcast. Uh, people need to find some more things to do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I do have a question. Good. You all talk about the T3 Tactical and the Ruger Precision Rifle, but you guys never discussed anything about the Bagara B14 HMR, saying 6.5 Creedmoor. Really interested in what you guys have to say about them. It kind of sums it up, really, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, I've never handled one, so... I, th I think that's I think that's really the, the comment, is that I've never played with one. Uh, Greg, you, no, you, no. you're looking in notes to see what they were. Well, he's bought the company, he just doesn't know much about it yet. <laughs> he's going through. Where's that one? Uh, that's on one of the pages, top. <laughs> no, I, I think there's, I think generally speaking, I haven't looked into detailed reviews, Never. but I think generally speaking, they are getting fairly positive reviews, especially for the price point. Yeah, they're getting really good reviews over in the US and certainly hear a lot about them, but we just haven't had the experience with them. I did mention to Logan that uh, I do intend to be back in the US next year for a shot and I will try and make an effort to to try and take one out and shoot one. We well, can only can. imagine there'll be, you know, 
latest models released there as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, they are being bought into Australia now. You do see them advertised a bit um, there yeah. variously, but they're not uh, not to the scale of sort of the the Tikas and the Rugas and that sort of thing. No, so. they're not not promoted significantly. So we we just that's that's why Logan. It's not been any other reason apart from the fact that there's just not the exposure to them here, and we haven't been able to get hands on with one to know what they're like. I'm sure they're fine. So maybe if someone wants to send us one. Or two. Three. Or three. <laughs> yes. We'll gladly give our views on it. Oh, absolutely. Won't shut up about them. They'll make every episode. <laughs> Excellent. Another question here from Marty from Shooting Stuff Australia. Um, putting together a series of four to five videos about building a precision long-range rifle on a budget. Build consists of a Howard 1500 and 300 Win Mag and an MDT EWS chassis. Know all about that, Greg. Mm-hmm. Cerakoted with a worked factory trigger and a brake on a Harris bipod, still tossing up between a Leopold VX3i LRP or a Vortex Viper PST. Going to take our 4K or less rifle and put it against an $11,000 Ritter and Stark with a doctor scope to show the difference. Maybe to show people you don't have to spend big dollars to get into long range shooting, as I think the potential costs scare a lot of people off. I'm just wondering if you guys have any suggestions or input before I start putting it all together. Yeah, I guess straight off I'm thinking, well, is he going to do reloads for these things? So to try and get the peak out of each rifle setup in terms of accuracy. You um, presume so. I, you know, I, I presume so, but he hasn't stated. He might be thinking, well, I don't know why you'd use factory, but anyway, ex- to, except to have a consistent result. But, um, yeah, Um yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think you're necessarily going to. Uh, I mean, you might see a, a slight edge to the you know the, the real high end stuff, yeah. um, but a lot of that is sort of negated when you're talking long range. I mean, th- those tiny minor wind yeah. calls and whatnot. That that's where if you've got a gun, there's that's, bigger that's, variables. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, say you can get a you know a Howard based rifle to shoot genuinely half inch groups at mm. 100 meters, and the the Ritter and Stark shoots point two. I mean, you put the same shooter with those guns at a thousand meters, and mm. it, I don't think you'll see any difference on the target. Yeah, yeah. It, so, I think, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I haven't actually played with either of those particular scopes, Rusty. No, either of them. Is there the, yeah, Le- I, the I, Leopold he mentions? Is that a newer model? Newer one. I, I, I'm not. I know that Marty uses a lot of Leopolds apparently, and and mm. I'm not a huge fan of that particular scope. I, I, I think it has. Uh, it was, it, it's come across like a bit of an afterthought, like it's a VX3i with a turret stuck on the top without really sort of some of the other features you really would want. Uh, PST, obviously, um, assuming it's talking a Gen 2 PST, um, which has, you know, fixed a lot of the problems first experienced on the original PSTs. Well, just out of interest, what sort of dollars are we talking on these scopes? Yeah, and, uh, again, it was going to a lot of the model the, the model of that PST could be sort of $1,500 up to two grand the LRP I don't know enough about it. I think it's a touch cheaper uh, yeah I'm not sure yeah because I mean I not that I've I've shot them a massive amount but I've, I've played with a couple of different ones but the Bushnell uh, particularly like the new um, HDMR 2s and uh, that they've, series they've gone up in price lot, yeah here Okay. Yeah, they have gone up a, a lot. Um, there's still a few round at the older price, which if you can get one, that'd be worthwhile. But yeah. they have jumped. They have jumped, unfortunately. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. But there is, uh, yeah, there's a few other options around. But just in answer to his question here, um, I mean, the rifle sounds pretty solid, really. Mm. Mm. I mean, presumably he's talking about a heavier barreled rifle. Yeah, that's a good with. point. Yeah, I mean. You know, a lot of those Howard um, barrel actions are pretty good. I mean, they yeah. shoot very well for factory guns. Mm. So I don't think he's going to be, you know, unless he gets a bad one, which is, you know, I mm. guess, a chance with any factory gun. But um, those Ritter and Starks are real nice. And I mean, it's one thing to say. I, I have to say that the Doctor Scopes, I don't know a huge about, amount about. And I couldn't find a lot of information about their, I guess, their long range options or whatever. They didn't seem mm. to be. Certainly the ones I found weren't really designated that way. Yeah, I mean, I haven't looked, really looked into them in great detail, but, I mean, mm. from what I understand, the German optics, you know, the German scope made. So 
they're probably probably beautiful to look through and they're probably yeah. well made. Yeah, optically, um, I've heard they're, they're excellent. Uh, yeah, and, and I mean, being a German-made scope, they don't tend to make rubbish, so it'll probably be quite a good option. Absolutely. I'm not, yeah, not, not, not questioning the quality of yeah. it. Yeah. yeah but having never played with one. I mean, I have actually looked at a couple of the, the fixed 8 by 36, mm-hmm. which are, I guess probably sort of appeal to the, some of the, the fox shooting type market here, but I haven't seen a lot of the... Um, well, I mean, from what I understand, they make a lot of models we never see here. Unless people specifically import them, I think the thing about a eleven thousand dollar Rudin Stark, whether it's eleven grand for that gun or eleven grand for that with the scope, but there's a lot of there's a lot of little bits and pieces that you're paying for in that extra money from a from a gun that's sort of finished off that well. Yeah, it's not necessarily, and I, I like the point he's putting forward. It's not necessarily about seeing which one will shoot better because the how is going to potentially shoot really really well especially as you mentioned with hand loading it so i think he's right in saying that you don't have to spend huge amounts of money to to get out and mm. get going mm. for sure yep. i suspect the nicer finished gun will be much more pleasurable long term mm. to use and whether some of the extra little features that just going to be just the little touches yeah yeah but, nice. but again not necessities sure. to actually yeah. to be involved in it yeah so. absolutely so it'll be interesting to see how that project goes. Good luck to him. And, uh, yeah, obviously keep us posted how it ends up with. All right. We put out last episode that I was looking at building a new gun. Uh, but I can't afford it anymore. So new project. Greg's going to pay for it. He told me earlier. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, back on then. Back on. <laughs> yeah, I'll write a check that bounces. No worries. <laughs> So we asked on Facebook for some comments of what people use, what they recommend, and just generally taking people's feedback from it. We had some interesting responses. I don't know if, gentlemen, you had a chance to look at any of them. Uh, we did one a couple of weeks ago, which we've got the, you guys have all got the comments in front of you of what that was, and then I've got the stuff that we put out today to get some feedback as well. So... Uh, I guess we'll we'll see. Do we run through them? Is that the easiest way? Or you're just given a bit of an overview. Yeah, I guess you can probably breeze over some of the more interesting suggestions. Bre- breeze over the interesting one. <laughs> Good. Well, uh, you know, I'll jump in here, yeah. Rusty. When you're going through these, yeah. it's probably more interesting to get your thoughts because you know this oh, is your right. gun. Yeah, it is my gun. You're right. And I it, keep you know, forgetting that. If someone says something and you go, "Oh no, gee, I don't know." All right, you take me through them then, Greg. Well, the first one uh, I've got here from Greg Hamilton suggesting 308 win, 155 grain. Oh, God. Optimus dryers. Dyers. Dyers. Yep. Seated long, inaccurate, 10 round, no binder mags in a teaker. Yeah, we did get a couple of guys who suggested full rifle setups, yeah. uh, which w- wasn't the plan at this stage, but, but uh, you know, some uh, suggestions were good. So I guess, you know, just grabbing the first part of that, you know, like 308, how does that grab you? It's it's not hugely compelling. For a PRS, yeah. PRS dedicated rig. I think, and this will come up a couple of times in some of the suggestions that were made, this is a very much a PRS dedicated rig, and that's, that's all it will be used for. So... Uh, 308, while it certainly does the job, uh, I would be competing in open and not looking at uh, production or potentially down the track there will be another uh, category perhaps that will incorporate 308. So if I'm shooting in the service rifle matches, which it you know, crosses mm. over into, mm. um, won't be shooting in NATO, I'll be shooting in open as well. So 308 doesn't really grab me and the main reason for it is the recall. Which okay. is probably going to come up a few times. So recall control. Re- recall control is is a is a big one. Um, certainly, 155 grain is screaming out of there. He's going to be fine for a 600 meter sort of gun. Mm. But uh, that's probably my my main concern there, which will be probably apparent on a number of them as yeah. well. It's a bit of a spoiler for the next one. <laughs> yeah. Well, your mate jumped on board. Yeah, the Rum Baron. Yeah, the Rum Baron. Um, from Hunting HQ, if, if anyone listens. Um, our one <laughs> what, listener. What do you if mean, they, if? If our one listener is listening. Um, he's recommended 7mm Remy, so we pretty much know the... Yeah, that, Probably your view is recoil and, control. And again. look, there, there's I'm, a couple of suggestions along those lines. The next one there is a 7mm WSM, 7mm yeah. SORM, 
There's a 300 win mag suggestion. And I think a couple of them from today as well were the biggest stuff. And I think the thing is that I just don't need, I just don't need what those bigger calibers will do. Uh, I have got a 300 win mag. I have got a 3-3 Lapua. Uh, I don't need what those calibers will give me in a PRS match in mm. terms of putting them up against what the recall sacrifice will be. The mm. good calibers, well, absolutely. That mm. seven mil storm would be magic, yeah. but they just don't. Uh, follow I think they, up yeah, so well. Yeah, yeah, follow up shots and such, and seeing your impacts. Yeah, yeah, particularly you know, two hundred meters, three hundred meters sort mm. of stuff is mm. more challenging. Mm. I guess it's probably worth asking the question: Have you isolated it down to a bore size or a projectile diameter? Well, I think give we, or take, like we, within within. Yeah, well, within 30 cal or less because that's a restriction. Yeah, no, on but it. I mean, look, have you gone, all right, it's got to be between six and six and a half? They're, I mean, we talked about that in the last episode and they're really the two main ones. I would be happy to be swayed down if there was a reason and a good argument for a 2D4 calibre. But to go up to a 30, I, I think anything that's going to give me the performance out of it is also going to come with the recall cool. sort of as a factor. So and the same may go for the sevens as well. Seven and the sevens yeah. is probably going to be a factor you know, as gotta, well. You've got to be pushing those bigger, heavier bullets to make them yep. you know, to make them worthwhile. So. Yeah. so Brad Brad Roberts has suggested a six and a half by 47. How does that grab you? Uh, that one from Brad. And then there's a comment, a couple, well, a couple up from there. There's a six mil SLR and the Dasher and the BRX. Mm. Oh, there. And they're, they're all massive contenders. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah six by four, six point five by forty-seven. I know you gentlemen are, are fans of the six by forty-sevens, and and these are all, these are. <laughs> that was a good look, Greg. Hopefully, someone on Patreon saw that. Greg copied me. <laughs> Just putting that out there. I did. Good. I did. I'll, I'll confess. I copy everything from him. Absolutely. No, keep going. No, no comment. And not that we can really put to air. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they, these are things, but the the, the only problem is the gen, the, these guys didn't sort of specify any reasons as to as to why they use them, why they like them. So yes. big, yeah, good good ticks and, and big mm. considerations for sure. One in there from Jason about three hundred winning. I think we've we've covered off on that. Gee, that's an interesting one that's popped up seven point six two by thirty nine. Gee, oh, that's that's the old SKK days, semi-automatic. Only using steel cases. Yeah, that's that's SKK <laughs> business, that is. I killed a lot of goats with a 7.62 by 39. Am I right in thinking they just don't get the muzzle velocity that we would be considering? They're pretty short little things. I know they're short, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and also I using know, steel brass. Well, the only benefit about using – I say steel brass. That's what's written here. Steel using cases. steel cases. I would be able to find my cases after – uh, yeah, they you know, stand out. Match, so stand, stand out, out but so use a magnet to collect them. I, I, <laughs> but I wouldn't bother. Oh, he's challenging you, mate. He's a challenge. That is my yeah, challenge. You're right. What about the one above there? Paul Janzo's comment. Six five Creed. Yeah, Creed gets mentioned. There you go. I, I mean, I guess you you got to narrow this down a little bit because I mean, some of these calibers do require a bit more work. I mean, like the dashes and the BRXs and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's more case. Handling of more forming operations, different, you know, harder to obtain brass, harder to obtain dyes. Hmm. You're definitely not going to want to lose a lot of cases, especially if you're neck turning brass and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't particularly like the six five Creed because everyone likes it, but the thing, you know, the advantage of going with a common available case is that it's not the end of the world if you lose a few cases and you can just pinch someone else's anyway. Well, Dan Incoll has written uh, Creedmoor. You're definitely a Creedmoor type of gal, except he can't spell Creedmoor, so his comment's pretty invalid. Yeah, but looking over it, most people have spelled it wrong, so none of the comments are valid. <laughs> no, with a couple of comments down, the uh, the one from Ben Jarrett, which is pretty in-depth, actually. We might have a look at that. Is uh, He spells Creedmoor correctly. He does, too. I'm impressed. Uh, Paul Janzo's also, yeah, he's, he's given us a tick for the 6.5 Creed, uh, then talks about rifles, uh, which we'll, we'll get on to another, another podcast. So, Ooh, there's a 22.250 AI. Yeah, no, that was an interesting That's one. That's an interesting I, one. I, I'm, I'm open to this idea. That's this a 223 on steroids. This is brought up to me on, on in person, 22.250 AI with a 95, K, a 95 SMKs, putting them at 3150. 
and it would That's be hiking. very competitive. What do you reckon about that, Andrew? No, I'd go six <laughs> yeah, No. <laughs> well, you just, asked, I told you. <laughs> like for a, it off. For a varmint gun, yeah, but... Okay, that's punching 95 grain match kings at 31.50. Yep. Why not do it with a 6 mil and punch 105s out at the same speed? Right, I'm sorry. Yeah, yep. fair enough. Fair Longer enough. barrel life, better be- better ballistics. So, Sorry, mm. Bronte, you're wrong. <laughs> so He asked. <laughs> Good, comment. Good comment. Good comment by Ben Jarrett. Uh, he's, he's done a well, nearly, well, he says it calls it a sermon. Indicated that Rusty would want two calibers off the same platform. Suggested both competition caliber and the training caliber mm. should be both centerfire. Not aware of any manufacturers making switch barrel and switch bolt that can perform both centerfire and rimfire roles. Unless you can speak to someone who builds a one-off. Uh, just to clarify, I did want a rimfire and it didn't have to be on the same action. It was to be a separate gun. But similar kind of uh, configuration as far as the stock and Exactly yep. right, Yeah. Yep. This in mind, a uh, useful training caliber would be 223, which is great, uh, absolutely, as for competition caliber. Personally, go 65 Creedmoor. Impacts are still visible and often audible at over a thousand meters, and that's a really mm. uh, good factor for a discussion point for the six to six fives. And it further proves my last statement about the 250 AI being too small. Fair point. It shoots more than flat enough for the PRS matches, which tend to have minimum range or maximum range of five to six hundred at the moment. There will be further later on. No many will point to higher velocities and flatter trajectories in six mils. Uh, by the end of the day, hitting a steel target with an extra 30 to 40 grain of bullet weight does make impacts easier to see, even the most vision-impaired spotter scorer. Did you bring your glasses, Greg? I think that was aimed at you, Greg. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, actually. But no, I totally agree. Totally agree. The difference in, in impact is... Uh, yeah. Uh, very, very different. Talks about, uh, gets onto action discussions, uh, which we, we will no doubt talk about at some other point. Good suggestion, uh, Butterfield, that, that bloke, suggested 6.5 PRC. You guys familiar with the PRC? I think we've A talked little, about yeah. it. Yep. I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh. It's it's a short action magnum, basically, sort of like the 6.5 Storm. Okay. So it's a, a short, fat case. It, yep. it is substantially higher velocity than the 6.5 Creed, but no free rides. I mean, obviously, you've got more recoil, less barrel life. Yep. And to be honest, I, unless something dramatic changes in the world, I, I, I just can't see that case being commonplace in five years' time. Or they they seem to have found time. a foothold, and I'm sure we'll be corrected on this if it's wrong, they seem to have found a bit of a foothold with the uh, audience in the US who are shooting that... PRS style match that is the extended range stuff. So it goes yeah, okay. from the thousand meter plus. The extra legs. Yeah, and it's like the second gun option uh, for that sort of thing, which makes good sense. But we just don't really have that at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is yeah, not not within the spec of what the uh, what the gun is. Now we had some comments come in today, and I'll run through them quickly. Bo was asking about six XC, which I'm going to throw into that category of good considerations. Uh, Paul Janzo thrown another vote in for the Creedmoor. He's he like oh it's spelled wrong. Sorry, Paul. Twenty two BR was mentioned. Again, really accurate round, but probably not suitable as much. Yeah, I've shot one of those for a long time, and mm. again, I wouldn't run it in a competition yep. gun. Um, mentioned there are the six by forty seven by Brendan uh, there in the one hundred five hybrids. Big fan of that. So am I. Six point five. <laughs> I like that fellow. What's his name? Uh, Brendan. So yeah, he, you're he a co- legend, Brendan. He copied Brendan, you you've got you copied a, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got an Amara, Brendan. <laughs> Look out. So in turn, Andrew likes you as well. He's rich. Because I copied Andrew's idea. Right. Good. Uh, Six point five or forty-seven. Another one. Uh, this is a good selfish reason because I want one and want to hear about what you would choose for the build. So I think he wants me to do it and pay for it and then tell him if it's any good. That's assuming what he what was it? after. What was it? 6.5 by 47 Lapia. Yeah, look, I, mm. just probably worth just briefly touching on that. Like Both Greg and I shoot the 6 by 47, mm-hmm. and I've got 500 or no, 600 or so brass sitting there for it. If I was starting from scratch, I probably wouldn't go with that round, just from the point of view that there is one manufacturer of brass and hard to find availability. I'd... 
I would personally, if I was going to do what I've done, I would yep. go a six creed. Six creed. Mm. Okay. We'll come, we'll come to that. Six BRX is mentioned. Uh, there's another one here. 6.5 by 52. Old Carcano. Just because it's not awesome, but it would be awesome to see someone make it awesome. Well, <laughs> I'm far from the person who would make it awesome. <laughs> didn't, didn't Lee Harvey Oswald make it awesome? <laughs> Just saying. Well, at least Not sure awesome infamous. is the appropriate. Yeah, infamous <laughs> might be the better word. Uh, there is another uh, mention there for 6.5 Storm with good reasoning. Here it is. 6.5 Storm and buy a second barrel so you've got one ready to go. When you're loading the rounds, make the OAL of every round hundredth of an inch longer than the previous case so you can chase the throat down the bore. He's thought that through. Yep. 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 Sound logic. And another one from Paul, 300 Norma. And he has some, some reason. I like when people put their reasoning in though. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Because I've got one, is his reasoning. And, Fair uh, enough. He said, forget, solid. forget the girly guns. <laughs> <sighs> right. Well, I guess out of out of that, look, the, the common one there and the one that seems to be most sensible is in the 6 and the 6.5s, uh, which is the variant. Uh, now, a couple of variations of all of them, the BRX, the, the XC, the six by forty-seven. Really interesting to hear what you guys say about the six by forty-seven because there is a big discussion to have. Well, there's a discussion to have or a decision to make about six or six point five. And I have to say, I'm a little bit more swayed to the six point five for the reason of impacting targets and arrows seeing it. And you probably will get a bit of extra barrel life <laughs> in comparison to the six mil as well. Oh, look on the same case. I mean, if you were to take the creed more and run a six and a six and a half. You probably get a bit more useful barrel life out of the six and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I look. I like six mils. I've always, always used them, and I think there's sound reason to use them for I, I, I hunting mean, yeah. purposes. Sure. But I think for what you're talking about, it, the six and a half is probably the more logical choice. Yeah. I mean, like, someone mentioned one of these, one of these suggestions. That, you know, it's. It's not a massive amount of extra bullet weight on target, you know, 30 to 40 grains. Yeah. But it is significant. It does make a difference. And look, I've noticed that when, you know, spotting for people. Yeah, all, all three of us have spotted. Yeah, I've, I've definitely meters. noticed it big time. Yeah. Um, six mil and, and and six and a half. Yeah, it's very clear. And I think that's that for me. And, and the, the, the flip side of this is recall and I've been saying recall you know mm. that's why I'm not looking at 308 stuff so much and I'm not looking at 7 mil so much uh, I think the 6.5 might be the sweet spot between yeah. the 6.5 and the 6 I think that yes the 6 is a bit better for recall yeah. but it, is it enough um, will I pick up an extra point or two in a match because it was a it was a much more convincing hit on target mm. than getting another round off or not seeing my own impact but you can break it down enough to Mm. To make it not a hindrance, the recall. You still execute those those um, stages without hindrance. Like yep. your recall control with a break on a six and a half mm -hmm. should be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I think that the difference would be negligible yeah. between the two. Yeah, sure. Mm. Uh, the suggestions within the 6.5s are obviously the Creedmoor. I did have someone say a 260, uh, 6.5 by 47. They're probably the three that I'm really tossing up. But well, actually, the the two sixty is out. Uh, only I've got one. I've been running it for years. It's a wonderful cartridge, but I continually face challenges of seating depth uh, in the oh, magazines. Okay. Yep, the two sixty yeah, is a bit longer. A bit longer. Yep. Yep. You could build it on a long action. Well, I could. You're right, but magazines are a bit more painful in that regard. To get a 10-round mag in a long action is usually a bit more cumbersome and, yeah, not not so ideal. But, you know, that's uh, certainly a consideration. So I'm uh, probably down to a 6.5 Lapio or a 6.5 Cremor, which is probably mm. where it all started. Now, I looked into it a little bit and the price of brass is pretty similar between those two yep. in terms of, uh, you know, Lapio sort of stuff, which is probably what I'd be looking at running. I think the Creedmoor is sensible in a small primer pocket yep. rather than uh, than the other one. It's about in terms of like, you know, consistent SDs and average muzzle velocities, are they fairly similar or 
uh, people getting a little bit more out of one case more than the other? Is one case more consistent than the other? Are you seeing any of that sort of? I, from what I've looked into, the Creedmoor based, whether you go 6.5 in its standard format versus a 6.5 by 47 lap mm. or or the variance, you know, the 6 mil variance, the Creedmoor has probably got a slight advantage. I'm talking under 100 feet a second. Yeah, yeah. Probably so more not, like 50 not feet a second given the mm. same projectile. Um, but as far as standard deviation and accuracy and whatnot, I, no, that's just it's all much, the actual inherent sort of, if there is such thing as inherent accuracy in a cartridge, then mm. they're pretty much on par. It's, yeah, right. it's to do with the quality of the brass and loading yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yep. Cool. Where they can hit any damn targets as well. Yeah. 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 So I'm not quite sure what's going to help you there. <laughs> yeah. 12 gauge. <laughs> bring, bring him closer. Sean, I need bigger targets. Sean, are you listening? Bigger targets, please. The other reason, and I actually don't particularly want to go this way because it's the it's the it's the common way. But the Creedmoor has factory ammo available at a really good price, and so if I'm in a position where someone's using the gun and want to run that through or anything on those lines, it does make some good sense. Well, I mean, I'm not sure that you'd even be able to get six by forty-seven. Ammo. No. 6.5 by 47. Yeah, 6.5 you can, but yeah. not 6. We're talking 6.5s, aren't we? Were we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, we were in that regard, but yeah. mm. you can also buy 6 more Creed ammo as well. So. Oh, good point. Yeah. Um, see, maybe you should have looked into that a little bit more. <laughs> I, but I, I know the answer. 6.547 you can get factory ammo for, but not, not a huge range of it. Um, six by forty-seven. I don't believe you can six creed more and six point five creed more. You can. How do we get onto this? I don't know. What? I stopped we... listening about five minutes ago. <laughs> good, good. Have fun with good girls. <laughs> That's what he's thinking about. Always. <laughs> so, I think I think I've made a decision. Yeah, you're narrowing down fairly. Uh... I am. Uh, I think I'm going to change my mind and do two barrels. I did talk about doing switch barrel. Controversial. I know, I know. I do want to play in the six mil world. I do. I, I'm interested in that side of things, and mm. I do want something that I can I can adjust and tweak and do all those sort of things. Mm. But I, I like to have something that I know works reliable and all those sort of that, and you know, be able to get factory gear for it if need be, and be able to do that. So I'm, I'm sort of thinking along the lines of a six point five Creedmoor. Sorry, Dan. Uh, in in yeah, the standard sort of setup, and then maybe a six XC as well in a separate barrel. And what are you going to use that barrel for? Well, it's one of those things I can play with it as as I go through. But when I wear out the Creamer barrel, I've got another one ready ready to rock and roll as a backup. So you going down the line of interchangeable barrels? That's where I'm thinking. So why wouldn't yeah. you do a barrel that was your training barrel? Well, I can do that as well. Mm. Barrels everywhere. Barrels, barrels. It's a barrel vest. <laughs> and then I've got like a, after I've done all this, I can hold up lots of toilet rolls. You could. It would be like, awesome. Yeah, in, in, well, Greg's, what, he's got 15 bathrooms at his place. You could even so, like, branch into a towel holders and everything, <laughs> like towel rails in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> I'm thinking. That's all I'm doing is thinking about it. I, I like I, – I don't have experience with 6 mil and I would like to be able to do that. And perhaps that's more from an experimental point. Perhaps the the to the fulfilment of this project, 6.5 Creedmoor is, is seemingly where we may have ended up. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're going down that line, if you weren't intending the 6 mil barrel to be a competition gun, it was more of a fun gun, tried different things, whatever mm. it might be, then you got the ability to go something stupid with it if you wanted to. Yeah, okay. Because the, yeah, the other things to be looking at would be the 6 uh, BRX, 6 XC, and the 6 Dasher. No, I was thinking more like a 338 lap case, neck down, the 6 mil <laughs> with an improved shoulder and rebated rim. So you don't have to change bolts, you just use I, the same bolt. I may get off the, uh, I may get over the uh, velocity limit if I do decide to run it in a PRS. You're the boss though, right? No way to get that. <laughs> It's an exemption clause, isn't it? <laughs> or will there be for this year? <laughs> well, there should be an exemption. If you can break 5,000 feet a second, you can run it. Yeah, so the first limit's at 3,200. 
or as long as you can get over 5,000, yeah. you're okay as well. Everyone's got to stay back 20 metres. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I think I think I'm. I like the idea of being able to have experiment with something and play with something, as well, and and that's perhaps where I, I want to go because I'm 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 still quite torn. I think Creedmoor seems to make a lot of sense. Yeah, and you you bring up an interesting topic of multiple barrels too. You know the merits of a switch switch barrel. Mm. You know this. Uh, you know, and that's probably where where this podcast is heading next is actions and stuff like that. But. Um, yeah, being able to switch barrels got a lot of a lot of merit if you put a bit of thought into it. You can have a bit of a play, can't you? As well as be serious about it. Well, it's quite common. Like a lot of the adventure mm. shooters, in particular, will run one gun with multiple barrels for the different weight classes, and they'll switch them out at the range. So, mm. you know, not that that's what your motivation is, but it's certainly you know not a big deal to do it. Yeah, yeah. I have to say one of the one of the things that pushes me away from like a Dasher or an XC or something along those lines, maybe not an XC because you can buy factory brass there, but some of the other ones is that step, that additional step of having to tweak the brass. I did actually look up today; the price of the XC brass is cheaper than the Creedmoor brass and and other such things, but you've only got one option for manufacturer as well. So with Norma, yeah, but you can make six XC brass relatively easy. You can, but I just did complain about doing extra steps with brass. <laughs> You're just a winger. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm thinking I'm going down the Creedmoor path. I'm going to cop a lot of Lock it in. about that. Lock it in, Eddie. Well, no. I mean, everybody's made suggestions here, but if anybody can genuinely say they've got an option that is better than that for the purpose, given everything okay. that's stated already. Totally. Prove it. Yeah. Yep. Prove your case. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm happy to go with that. As a, you know, this is not going to be built for a little while, so... Six five Creedmoor is where we've rested, uh, for some you know reasons and price and availability is going to be certainly a factor in that, and that's probably one I hadn't mentioned hugely. But the the availability of being able to get ammo and brass is is a big factor. So for those guys who are fans of their dashes and and XCs and other such things, while I, I, I do like the idea of a second barrel, um, tell me tell me why why to switch why to move along to it. Yeah, I mean, like those, those some of those rounds, like the you know the um, BRX and the Dasher and whatnot. Excellent rounds. They, they are good rounds, there's no doubt. Sure. But are they better now? You know, better is you know performance as well as availability and all that sort of thing. So, mm. I think a lot of them, the performance is not necessarily going to be better. It, it, yeah, it could be, could be percentages, small percentages better maybe maybe but maybe, maybe not either because the, yeah. the br case is not a big case it's a small case so it's yeah. maximizing a small there. case yeah hmm. so oh you mean you know what it is it's like shooters want to have their niche little thing and be different and tinker and whatnot yeah some do some yep. just want to grab whatever they can get that works and does a job but um and that's probably that's probably the point of this gun is to just work just straight mm. up work mm. and uh I've, I've got guns i tinker with and play with and have been there and done that and Probably still will. No, definitely still will. But uh, I do want this one to just run. So, which brings us on to the next part of that, which is the action. And we won't get into a huge discussion tonight about what actions, but uh, I think I did put the uh, the caveat on that uh, I want something. I'll leave it at that. Something? Yep. Yeah, it needs to be materialistic. <laughs> it needs to exist. <laughs> I want something that I have the potential there to be able to switch barrels out. Yeah. Uh, particularly for the two to three side of things and then also maybe for a, for a second competing caliber. Mm-hmm. And a really, I, I guess, really something based on the Remington uh, footprint so I can put it into, yeah, I've got a, a good option of chassis there. Um, I am looking at an action only and aftermarket option. I'm not particularly interested in a factory, like you know, grabbing a ticker and pimping it mm. out and stuff like that. I really am looking at a at a specifically made action. I'm not I'm not totally opposed to the concept of like an uh, Accuracy International or something on those lines, but it'll take a little bit more for me to get to that point because there's a few reasons that perhaps I won't won't go down that path. But yeah, actions. What what would you Pick if you were choosing an action at the moment, Greg. Do you have? Do you know what you would what you would choose? Defiance. Defiance. Yeah, just pick up. <laughs> nah, nah. Look, look, I have no idea to be honest. I'm not. My head's not totally around actions. I'm, I'm 
I'm running factory guns pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know a lot. Especially so just say Defiance. Defiance would be Good. my number one choice. I thought so. Uh, and it should be yours, Sam. <laughs> Spoken truly like a man who profits from uh, from Defiance actions. Andrew, mm. what about you, mate? What's on your radar? I look, they'd be up there. You know, in the top few, I guess. Um, Surge and a pretty good stiller. You know, some of the stiller tactical models are sort of heard the features you'd be looking for. I mean, look, I, things I would look for would be integral rail. I like the idea of an integral rail. Yep. Adds a bit of strength and also, you know, it's convenience. Um, and uh, an integral recoil lug. Sure, um, yeah. Which, if you're talking a switch barrel gun, makes it a lot easier. You don't have to worry about pinning your lug. And yeah. The lug I mean, who wants to pin their lug? I mean, you get home after a big day at the range. Who, who's got time to pin their lugs? Greg just gets other people to pin them for him. <laughs> I'm not into lugging. <laughs> He's got lug pinners. <laughs> I have no idea what's involved <laughs> with changing it's, a lug. It's because you've paid other people to do it for you <laughs> since you started. No, but I mean, like on most, you know, like a Remington, for example, you've got a separate recall lug. Yeah, yeah. And that's installed in a jig in the factory. Yep. And when you change a barrel on, on a gun like that, you need to install it with the with the jig to align the, the lug correctly, otherwise it can move. Oh right, I gotcha. Whereas, yeah, yeah. So you can pin them, like put a like a roll pin or a dowel pin through into the action, but it's yeah. again work, extra work, extra hassle. Yeah. So a lot of the actions that have got an integral recoil lug it's, it takes it out of the equation. You right if you've right. got it got your barrels headspace correctly, you just screw them on and off, no dramas. Yeah, right. On. Cool. Cool. The other ones on my radar, uh, because of the ability to change from a two to three to a six five Creedmoor as it stands at the moment, uh, the ability to swap the bolt head, uh, the, the bolt face out. You're going with so savage, savage is yeah. top of the list. Uh, Bighorn actions, uh, one impact actions, another. Uh, there's there's a few around that have my interest. So I'm I'm not opposed to. Too many of them, and I'm interested to hear what people are, are, are using and liking and why they like it as well. I, I feel slightly disappointed, gentlemen, because the 6.5 was the default, the 6.5 Creamer was the default, and and we've sort of reasoned our way back into it um, for, for, for good reasons. But I kind of, you know, you want that flair of being able to do something a little bit different. I gave you the alternative. Six no. mil three three eight lap improved. Yeah, yeah, you, no, you did. I don't know why I'm not doing that. That's the most sensible and logical thought. <laughs> our process for this this solution. I don't know why we're just not going bow to, to the that. wisdom, Sam. Just exactly bow to the right. wisdom. Well, you That's... could even go twenty two. I've done that. Yeah, you copy me and everything else. So why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely copy you in all, in all of the things. I think you might be confusing me with a business owner over there. <laughs> He's copied my dramatic I've, business successes. I've, I've never copied hashtag dry defiance on anything <laughs> since last week. <laughs> Have you copied uh, okay. my fishing techniques? I have been what, not, <laughs> not catching. Right, oh no, last, you have been last two days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. All right, wonderful. Well, uh, it seems that I'm building a six-five Creedmoor for some reason, multiple reasons. And if that fails, I'll be building a six mil three three eight lap improved. <laughs> Sounds good. Yep. So that's the backup option. Uh, so anything else you guys want to mention? No. No. <laughs> good work, Sean. Uh, thanks to our Patreon viewers who put some comments forward. They did mention bits and pieces as we we're going through the show and. Uh, guys, if you do like what we do, jump on Patreon and flick us a dollar a month or something on those lines. That way we can all get a, a pay rise after our 100th episode. That'd be brilliant. Pay rise. To, yeah, good. Anyway, and uh, we do a live stream of the shows that we do here in this studio, which uh, there is a whole lot more content that you guys don't hear. Most of it's just us laughing on the ground. <laughs> But you can watch a few us stories <laughs> roll around and complain about life. The impact, I mean, impact data book giveaway. Uh, send us your audio for that. Uh, iTunes reviews, all these things we want from you. iTunes reviews, if you if you're on iTunes, credit card numbers, review us. <laughs> credit card numbers. That's it. And if you, I'm going to start a GoFundMe account for this uh, rifle. <laughs> 
Hey, more work. <laughs> it probably would. Save good camp. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I no, don't go there. I won't be doing that. Uh, but um, I, I will be selling some guns if people want to buy stuff. I've got some stuff to sell. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Have fun with good girls. <laughs> I will. We're Until married. next week. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Scoped Out Shooting Optics and Accessories.